Oh, y'all, are, I think maybe you might remember that. Um, last week we talked about fleeing from what? Sin. Sexual immorality. Very good. It also said, we, we just looked in the Word of God where it's clear. It's not like, well, I'm not really sure what he, if he really meant it. He only said it like this one little obscure place. No, like 12 out of the 27 books in the New Testament, it says this phrase, sexual immorality. Flee from it. It says abstain from it. It said in Ephesians, to not even let there be a hint of it. A hint in your life. Okay, so it's per, it, do we all, all agree? If we're going by the Word of God, then that's pretty clear, right? Yes. Do y'all remember what book I missed when I I ran, ran through all the books? Romans. Romans. Gosh, y'all see y'all remember the like mean, y'all mean people. All right, hey, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about walking in purity. Okay, now we've talked about this for th- three weeks, and this is going to rip, to wrap it up. But let let me share share this. If you want to live a life that gives God honor, and it's going to be tough. Walking in purity is a hard thing, but it's 90% preventative. That means you are looking ahead at where you're going, what you are doing, and you're going to to be wise in what you do. You're going to be wise in what you watch. You're going to be wise in even how you dress. You're going to be wise in who you go with, and if you're alone with someone or not, it's preventative. Don't, do do y'all see that? That you can plan ahead to protect yourself, Right? Yeah, I mean, you really can. In what we see, in what, in what we do, there's a lot of things we can prevent. But I will tell you this, and we're going to look at a story in the Word of God. You can do everything you can do to protect yourself. But there is 10%, 15%, whatever it is, times where, where you can get, get stuck. Not saying that you're stuck and you're going to sin, but the temptation is going to be there and you're going to have to work, work your way out of it and you're going to have to make a choice. Am I resolved to live for God or not? You, you can plan and prevent all you want, but there's times when a, uh, something may, may come up and, and you're, you're sort of trapped and you decide, what am I going to do? Okay, are you with me? We're in the first book of the Bible. What book is that called? Genesis, yes, in the Old Testament. Sorry, I didn't. And who wrote that book? Moses did. Moses did. First book. So we're going to be here tonight, and we're looking at a story. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 39. If you don't have a Bible, we've got some sitting on the sides of the chairs there at the end. If you're at the end and someone looks like they need one, just reach your hand down, grab that one, and pass it down. Who here has heard of a man named Joseph in the Bible? Joseph. Okay, is he in the Old Testament or the New? Yeah, but there's one in the New too, right? Huh? Jesus' stepfather, Joseph. Just to let you know. Surprise! Okay, uh, now, Joseph, this is a, a story. He is one of a lot of brothers. I want to say... Twelve. Twelve brothers, that's right. That's right. Thank you. There, he's, 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 he's one of twelve, and he's the most loved by his mama. Daddy. Okay. His mama. And his daddy. But his mama loves him too. There's a couple of mamas involved. We won't even go there tonight. Um, but who gives him the coat? The mama? Or the daddy? I didn't research this. He gets a coat from his papa. And it's a coat of many colors. And it's very nice. And the other bro- brothers are jealous of him big time. So jealous to the point that they take him and they're going to kill him. They, but instead they throw him into a pit. And they end up selling him as a slave. And so the story we're going to pick up at is after he's been sold as a slave, he's been taken to a land you probably not have heard about before called Egypt. 
Okay. Hopefully you've heard that before. That's where he's taken. This is where we're, we're going to pick up the story. And it begins in Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. Before we start to read, let's pray together. Dear God, as we open up your word right now, as we read your word, Lord, I just ask for your spirit to move. And I ask them that your truth to be shared. And Lord, that... that um, from students to adults in this room, that we will resolve ourselves to give you honor and glory in every aspect of our life, no matter how hard it is. Uh, you just give us the strength and courage to follow you uh, and be like the, the man we're about to, to read about, uh, to follow you at whatever the cost is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, in verse 1, I want you all to hang. Who says, I'm going to hang with you tonight? Are you with me tonight? Four people. Thank you. Um, he's, he's brought to Egypt. He's sold to a man named Potiphar, who is the captain of the guard of uh, Pharaoh. Very rich man. And as he's brought into the house, in verses 1 through 6, you see that wherever he goes, God is at work and b- blessings come to wherever he goes. As he serves, Potiphar sees that, man, something is different about this guy. And Everything is just going right when this guy is around. So Potiphar takes this slave and he puts him over his entire household to be in charge of it all. Because what he does, it multiplies and it's good and it's great. So Potiphar goes off. Now, we're going to start in um, verse 6. And I want you to see the story about something that happens. Now, um, it says in verse 6, So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about Anything but the food he ate. I mean, he, he was good. And it says here, in, in the end of verse 6, Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Probably a lot like me if you need just help. Okay, there you go. Um, <clears throat> verse 7, And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph. Guys, if a girl casts her eyes on you, run. No. I mean, if they just go, if that look. Uh, that look, I won't look at anybody to freak you out. I'm just looking out in the air, but run. Bishop, it was you. <clears throat> After a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. Just understand there's context here, and it wasn't just like, let's just get on this lie. Oh, this is fantastic. It is be intimate with me. Okay. In verse 8, but he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he is in my charge. He has in my charge. Verse 9, he is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except yourself, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. Day after day, she's like, ooh, ooh la la. And she's enticing him. She's trying to get him. She's trying to, to bring him down. Okay? And look here in verse 11. And I want you to, uh, what in the story, just look, is, what is Joseph doing wrong in the story? Can, can, can he flee? Can he run away from the household? He sort of could, but then he's, he's going to be probably killed. Okay, He's a slave in the household. He can't just run away. So he can't flee. He's sort of trapped. But as you see, she advances, and he's like, no, 
And he doesn't say, I'm not going to sin against this man who has been kind to me and who allows me to rule his house. He says, I'm not going to sin against God. And there's a time in your life where you're going to get where, you know what, you're going to say, well, I'm not going to do that because it's going to disappoint them or, 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 or her. Or, and we've got to get to the point where you go, you know what, I'm not going to do it because it's going to disappoint God. It's, it's going to offend God. Now, verse 11 But one day when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house were there in in the house, verse 12 says, she caught him by his garment saying, Thy with me. Not good. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. She grabs him and there's no one to stop the advances, all the, all the rest of the, of the men are gone. She grabs, he, he, he does whatever he can to get away, and he runs. I want you to understand this. Sometimes we can be as careful and preventative as we can, and t- temptations can come, and can, can ride on you, can, can, can attack you. <clears throat> And we've got to be re- resolved. My hope is even as you, as you think of the story, you go, okay, man, I want my life to be like him, that even when it comes, I'm going, I'm going to run and do whatever it takes. Now, who has seen the movie The Croods? The Croods? Can I tell you all The Croods? Because we went with our kids. It was the first movie that May Lee, who's our four-year-old, has gotten to see. We all went, and we all loved the movie. It was like, wasn't it good, Ben? It was fantastic. So if you want to see a good movie on DVD when it comes out, The Croods. Thank you. Wasn't it good? Yes. Yes, okay, good. I've got one person that saw it. Take a look at this video video clip. Yes. Rara! The sun is in his hands! No, no. It's fire. Where did it come from? He made it. Make some for me. It doesn't come out of him. Make make it. You know, you're a lot like your daughter. Oh, great. Now he's broken. Oh, it's a baby son. Oh, hey, stay back. Oh, no, 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 wait. It likes me. Hey, it's biting me. Try hiding from it in the tall, dry grass. Uh... Okay, who here has ever seen any, um, and you've got to see YouTube clips or world's scariest police chases or amazing video um, where someone catches fire and they just start running? Have you ever seen that? They, they panic. Did y'all, and I don't know if they do it in schools now, but when you were younger, did they have like Officer Friendly come to you, or Fireman Bob, or I don't know what they call him, um, now that came to your school to explain sort of what to do? Right? Did, did you ever have that? Never? Okay, well, if you get, if you, um, get caught on fire, what do you do? Okay, can we all say it together? Ready? One, two, three. Okay, hey, stop. Everybody, look at me now. 
all together. One, two, three. This group is very weak right here. This this group right here. Dude, do I need? You're not. You've got to stop. You can't be like running. I'm gonna play with it. You're not going to play with it if you're on fire. We learn this, right? What happens if you stop, drop, and roll? If you're in the high, tall grass, it'll spread. But if you're um, on the ground, whatever, it's going to put it out, right? Hey, work with me. Goodness. So let me ask you this. When sexual or impurity or temptation comes your way, what do you do? Stop, drop, and roll. Okay, but listen. Not with them. Okay. Oh. Not with them. Okay. Now, y'all are crazy tonight. First of all, first of all, when it comes your way, you've got to stop. And it's not, it doesn't stop here, it stops here. If you don't stop it in your mind, it's never going to stop. You're not going, you've got to stop it here. And this is where it's important that you mentally had better decide or set a roadblock or something beforehand. If something ever gets near here, this is what I'm going to do because it will give God honor. You've got to convince your mind to stop. See, if you look at the story, Joseph never hesitated when she advanced. He said, no, I won't sin against God. He said, no, every time, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then she, she advanced full on, and he even left his, his, his clothing, his top outer garment, and, and fled to get out of her grasp. He was resolved not to do it. But he had decided here, you've got to stop this. We think, well, no, because you've got to stop your hands and, and all the rest of the stuff that can get you in trouble. It's the mind where everything starts. Look here in James Chapter 1, verse 13. We've got it on the screen. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. God tempts no one. Verse 14. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Do you understand that even Satan may throw temptation at you, but you're being enticed by your own desires that are already in in you? We've talked about the sinfulness of our hearts. We're enticed by that, our own desires. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. That's the pattern of sin. It starts here. So we've got to be ready to first stop. Next thing is drop. Stop is, is in your mind. Drop is with everything else. Man, I'm, whoa, I, whatever, I'm, I'm getting out of here. You've got to stop, drop, and what do you think roll, roll means? Yeah, you don't like, whoo, I'm getting away from you. Woo! You don't do that. I mean, that, that would be stupid. Roll is, you know, it says, last week I said it 14 times, what from sexual immorality? Flee. 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 Now, you, 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 you hear this and go, oh, that's sort of cute and stuff. But do you understand it's so true? You've got to stop it here. You've got to stop it here. And then you, you've just got to run. You've just got to run, and you've got to be prepared to do it, no matter the cost. Now, let's look at this story, because you know Joseph was really blessed because he honored God in that, right? And 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 if you if you look at the story, um, the man's uh, husband came home and said, "Well, 
Thank you for being a man of honor and not sleeping with my wife. And you can have all my gold. That's the story, right? That's not the story. Most of y'all have heard the story. Verse 13, as, as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to, to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that, I lifted up my voice and cried out. He left his garments beside me and fled and got at, out of the house. So she's turned this whole story around. Guys, I told you, at your age, girls are evil. Girls, girls guys are way evil. Way more evil. So look, so it, it, it goes on and said, verse 16, Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. Verse 19, As soon as the master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, This is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. That was, it was lit up. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, the worst place he could go to. And he was there in prison. Verse 21, But the Lord was with Joseph, Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. I want you to just keep this in mind. When you choose to do what is right and honor God with your life, it doesn't mean that you are going to live a totally blessed life and everything is going to be easy for you. It may, in the world's eyes, get very hard for you, but I want you to notice in verse 21 that of all the things that went bad, the Lord did not leave him. And it actually says that the Lord was with him and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight. So even in the midst of choosing to do right in the world's eyes, he got stabbed in the back. And you know what? You choosing to do right, some of you are even um, called prudes and stuff because you won't do this or you won't do that. And you, in some ways, are being can be ostracized. That means sort of kicked out of the group or um, you're just not, not good, good enough. But choosing to do what is right is so much more important than approval of people. Because these, these people are just going to fade, fade away. They're going to fade away. You might keep a few friends, but two years out, three years out, you, you won't talk to two or three of them, if that. Don't lose sight of that. <clears throat> so my hope is this, that we will be like J- Joseph when the temptation comes. But there's another story. This is, that was a man of God who did what was right. There's a story in, in here. I'm not going to read the story. I'm just going to tell the story of a man named David. Who's heard of David. King David. Okay, the king, he was a king at this time. His, his ar- army was at war. A king is supposed to be with his army at war. He was not just, um, just back home because he felt like it. he was in the wrong place. He shouldn't have been there. And when, you, when you're in the wrong place, temptation is going to have much better chance to get you. That's why pre- prevention is so important. Being careful is so important. Now, the king... Goes on his rooftop and he looks down and he sees a woman bathing named Bathsheba. Bathsheba. And he goes, ooh, ooh la la, or whatever he says. And he goes down and, and he lies beside her. Just like we read in the, the other story. What, he does more than that, but you know what I'm saying. He has an affair with her. It goes on to say that he doesn't just have an affair with her, but he tries to bring her husband home because she c- conceives and is going to have a child. 
And so he brings the husband home, but the husband is so faith, faithful to him that he's, he comes home and he sleeps on the outside of the door saying, I'm not going to go in. There's men that I fight alongside. I, I'm not even going to go lie with my wife because I should be out there to fight alongside. A man of great honor. And so David has him killed. King David, this great King David, who we call man after God's honor, has a man killed. And you go, wow. And so David has him killed. Nathan, a prophet of God, goes to him and says, after a little while, he says, do you understand what you've done? And he tells him a story about a little sheep and blah, blah, blah. And David understands all of a sudden what he's done. The weight of his sin. And we're going to look, because... I want you to know something tonight. We've talked about sexual immorality and purity for four four weeks now. And some of you have gone, yeah, I hear you, I hear you, but you don't know what I've done. You don't understand. God can't forgive me. You don't understand what I've done. And I want you to understand that God is so much bigger than anything that you can do. Do not do a disservice to God by saying he's, well, he, he can't forgive me. My God, so much bigger than anything. And I've done stupid stuff all my life. I'm like great at doing stupid stuff. Just like you are. Now, in Psalm 51, after David's confronted with a sin, he writes this psalm. Okay? And it even says in a little footnote, you can see that. And we're going to start in verse 7. Psalm 51, verse 7. He's writing to God, crying out to God. He's broken over his sin. And, and that's the key. If you've been and you go, no, I've, you don't understand. I've done this before. What's the key? Be broken over your sin before God. And say, God, I'm sorry. Because you go, man, why even hear this stuff? Why even apply this? I've already messed up. My God is big enough to make all things new. My God is big enough to restore you. And make you pure. Look at this right here. It says, purge me with hyssop. This is a a plant of the day. And I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. He's saying this to God. He's saying, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. He's saying, God, he's coming just repentant, just saying, God, I'm sorry. Make, make me clean again. Make me whole again. And God is big enough to do it. And let me tell you this. And just, let me just say this. Don't abuse that statement. Going, well, then I can mess up all I want to now because God's big enough. That heart is called a hard heart. And a hard heart usually doesn't turn back to God. You go, I'll get a second. If you're, if you're, if you're that attitude, you go, I'll get a, a second chance. Your heart is going to harden, harden, harden. And I don't know if you're going to get a chance or not. So don't just play games with this. In verse 17, it says, The sacrifices of God are broken spirit a, and a broken and contrite heart. A heart that is sorry. It says, oh God, you will not despise. God will hear your cry. Just understand this, that God is big enough to forgive you. Um, and I've, I've, in, in my life, I've talked to countless um, students, even adults, that have um, 
been, been made clean by God. That they messed up in the past, but God restored them uh, and, and did great things. And they honored God from, from then on out. When God began to speak to them, they honored Him. said, well, whatever I've done in the past is past. But I'm sorry, God, for, forgive me for it. But I'm going to follow you with everything that I have. So on the past few weeks, we, we, we've talked about a few things. Um, why, why date? You know, the hope is that you're going to find someone to marry one day, but don't date to feed your ego or feel better about yourself. It's not going to last. They're going to fail you or you're going to give up way too much to get the love or whatever you desire. Self-worth in Christ, self-worth in God, not in, in them. Who to date? Christians. If you're a believer, you should date a believer. Um, the Bible was, was clear as we, we, we talked about that. Keith, get your hand off Dalton. Thank you. But it's clear. I mean, it's, you can go, oh, I'm just not so sure. We don't flirt to convert. <clears throat> when to date? I'll just say this. Uh, you can never be too old to start dating. <laughs> Man, there's so much tr- tr- trouble. There's so much almost playing with fire when you date. And the older you are, much better. I think if you date, uh, you shouldn't be alone on dates uh, much at all. Never. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to give you all just some, some, some things that I've, I've learned. Um, girls or guys, never be alone with a girl or guy in your, your room at your house. Or you're asking for trouble. You are. Or even alone in the house when a parent's not there. You're asking for trouble. If you really want to, to seek God, to, to follow Him. Um, if you're going to date, and I think... I'm not going to put an age, 16, 17, 18. Um, if you're going to date, set a standard which honors God on what you will do. And what you won't. All that you won't do. Uh, but make sure it does this. It honors God. So the list... What you do, it ought to be awful short. Make holding hands something special and don't just do it with everybody. You know, if you're going to kiss, and I can go on all day on what I think about all this stuff, make sure it's someone you see potential in. That um, they could, there's someone you could marry if you're going to. There's some people that have not kissed. They've, they've not kissed until they got married. I don't know. I couldn't do that. Um, I guess I could have, but she's so pretty. <clears throat> um, pace your passion. <clears throat> pace your passion. This is there's a, there, there's a law called de- diminishing returns, and that is when you start to date somebody and you start to talk, you've got these 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 feelings. Oh, <laughs> and you're I guess y'all call it we're we're t- we're, t- we're talking. We're talking. I don't know. I don't understand that still. And then you might go on a date. And then you brush hands and you're like, does that, right? But if you you hold their hands once and four months pass and you're holding their hand again, do you have the same feeling you had the first time? No, you don't. You, You won't. No way. So then you, you kiss them only a pet because you're not going to anything else, right? And uh, that first kiss is like, you're like, ah! But then, 
the 18th kiss or the 47th kiss, and don't do a whole lot more than that. It just loses its, its, its punch, and so you're hunting for this high. So pace yourself. Pace slow, slow. And um, look out what you watch. What you see on movies, you go, that's not going to affect me. It's going to begin to break down standards that you have if you you watch enough stuff. Be careful. Just be careful. I'm going to pray, and uh, we're going to be done tonight. But just know this, that God is big enough to forgive anything. Big enough. No matter where where, where you've gone, what you've done, He's big enough. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for tonight. Chance just to talk about purity and what it means. And uh, Lord, I just want um, uh, for everyone in this room, from adults to youth, to honor you and purity. And uh, Lord, if we're believers in you, then that should be a part of our life. It shouldn't be a question. It should be how we live. So give us the strength and courage just to follow you, to seek you, to trust you. Even when it gets hard, even when we do it and the world rejects us, may we follow you all the more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And don't forget, you're being watched. Older students, you're being watched by younger students. And the way that you respond to things, they learn. So you have great influence. So don't forget that. Atlanta Fest, sign up for it. And uh, we done.